moment, shudder, then returned to battering the wards, accompanying his renewed efforts with even louder bellowing. Amarantha's eyes widened slightly, his only outward concession to surprise. The demon had just shrugged off a spell designed to immobilize any conjured entity. Looking at the raging demon, the warlock of Satumbria stroked his chin-whiskers and considered what he observed. He was a vain man by any measure, and had his servant trim his beard and hair weakly, knowing exactly how it should look each time. His receding hairline had caused him to let his dark hair fall to his shoulders, and his dark brows and pointed chin beard gave him an appropriate cast for his calling in life, a summoner of demons. Or at least made him look the part for those willing to pay gold for his services. Adjusting his purple robe, covered with fine silver needlework at the collar and upon the sleeves, he muttered a reliable invocation and watched. The demon should have instantly knelt in abject obedience, but instead he could sense the summoned creature's rage intensifying at the command. Amarantha sighed in a mixture of frustration and confusion, and wondered what he had conjured this time. Ignoring the ringing in his ears, the warlock reached into a large belt pouch. He had sewn this pouch years ago, patiently weaving magic into the threads under the supervision of a master artificer named Lechona in the great city of the Serpent River, his one and only attempt at fabricating magic cloth. He had been pleased with the results. The confining bag let him carry many stones of power, without provoking disastrous consequences. He was proud of the needlework, but had found the entire process so tedious and exasperating, he now paid artificers and tailors to fashion what he needed in exchange for his skills or gold. Amarantha's finger rubbed lightly against a series of embroidered knots, each indicating a pocket he had fashioned. Swiftly he found the one he sought and withdrew the stone he had prepared for a time such as this. Holding it aloft, he encanted a spell that drew forth the power stored in the stone and directed it to the hastily reinforced barrier. As he did, he felt the shock reverberating through the ward as the demon hurled itself against the mystic defence. Then the creature paused and looked at the space in the air where the barrier stood, as if he could see it. Pulling back its massive right fist, it unleashed a blow that could shatter a bullhide shield. Amarantha imagined that he felt the shock from it travel through the air to strike him. Then the demon struck the wards even harder, and Amarantha raised his hand to reinforce the barrier with even more power. To his astonishment, this time he could feel the demon's energy translated into a blow that ran up his arm. He stepped back until he stood hard against the wall. "'What do I do now?' he muttered absently. Again the demon hurled itself at the barrier, and Amarantha, warlock of the Satumbria, decided he was going to get through. Pushing aside a sudden urge to laugh, the unexpected and dangerous often affected him this way, he drew another object from his belt pouch and smashed it on the floor. A noxious gas erupted from its ruin, and as it spread, Amarantha fled from the deep cave in which he had conjured the monster. 
It was a summoning area he had specially prepared for this ritual, protected by multiple wards and other safeguards he had erected against such a mishap. He hurried along a narrow tunnel, muttering, "'What next?' Reaching a large open cavern closer to the entrance of the stone warren, he cursed himself for a fool. All of his most powerful items had been stored in the smaller cave. He had been so surprised by the conjuration that he'd left them on the floor. He had thought himself ready for any eventuality surrounding demon summoning. It never occurred to him that one he hadn't summoned might appear unexpectedly. Shaking his head at his own stupidity, he stopped. He had at least stored a lantern here, although such forethought had simply been intended to indicate the way out, rather than in anticipation that he might be forced to flee for his life, having abandoned his other lantern. Muttering to himself, he said, Sometime.